Yo, welcome to another edition of the Speaker Geeker Podcast. I'm your host, Steve O. Steve, and I'm here with my, <clears throat> my, uh, let's see, let's see, because it's a different type of episode today. I'm here with my, my partners. Yeah, yeah, like law <laughs> form. I'm here with my partners, my constituent, and uh, with my, with my, uh, my, fo- my, my fellow investors, Tommy T and G. What's going on, man? How y'all doing? So today's episode is going to be a really, really cool one, man. Today we are talking about hip hop and investments, not only hip hop and investments, but what hip hop has done for a lot of artists to open that door so that they can invest. So we're going to go down that road. We're going to talk about some of these artists, some of these great artists that do investments, some that haven't and some that have. And um, man, also, of course, we're bringing y'all the news with Tommy T. And with G, of course, we are bringing you the what's in your speakers. I don't know what happened there. I just <laughs> I just stopped right. for a sec. We're bringing you what's in your speakers. So get your pen and your pad out so that we can uh, all listen to what's in our speakers together. So without further ado, please, 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 if you're looking at us on YouTube, there's a little bell button. It's right there. They say belly button. I said a bell button. So <laughs> hit that thing right there and subscribe to that three amp media channel. Naval. Also, yeah. Also, <laughs> if you are listening to us, <laughs> if you're listening to us on your favorite um, streaming platform for podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, whether it's any other one, please, please, there's a thing over there. It says subscribe, you know, and all you gotta do is click it. It's the most simple thing to do. You just you just put your finger there and you rest it there and it clicks. And then you see everything that we got coming every single Tuesday, every Tuesday. So please, please, please like, share, subscribe, enjoy. And hey, let's get this thing started. What's up, y'all? Another week. Another week. Down the tubes. Another week. And we here. Yeah. Just like that. Just y'all? Passed, or, you know, today. Well, what y'all do for Valentine's Day, man? Because I ain't do shit. Tell me, wife, happy Valentine's Day. And, uh, you know. Damn, bro, you didn't get a card or nothing? Nah. Nothing. Trash, bro. Is it? Is it? Is it? Don't you, bro. Nah, man. Like, it's, it's, it's like we talked about it, man. So it's, it's kind of yeah. like. I understand. It's your birthday uh, time yeah. and all of that. Yeah. I think you Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of hard, like, bro, it's my birthday, but then I got to focus on trying to find you something. Right. That's weird. It is kind of weird, but that's your lady, I got a homie whose birthday is today, like man. on Valentine's Day. Or for it's, the listeners, it was Sunday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the crazy part, man. It's like anywhere near, like, from like the 11th on, mm-hmm. you, you can't really do anything for your birthday because prices inflated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, damn, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. <laughs> God, you can't yeah. go out to eat. Can't go out to eat. Everybody's damn. making reservations for stuff. Like you, the Applebee's, you got to make a reservation. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, it's, like, wild, it's, bro. it's making a reservation for Applebee's. For wow. Applebee's. <laughs> 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 no, but we uh we kicked it though, man. So, That's um. Good. I kind of encompass a lot of those things and throughout the, you know, you know, it's, it's hard, but it's like, Hey man, it is what it is. So yeah. what about y'all, man? 
Man, as long as y'all had an understanding, man. You say what? I said I ain't just saying. As long as y'all had an understanding. Yeah. No, because like I said, Allison's not here. She's in Memphis right now. Uh, so it's just me at the house with Prince. So I ain't gonna get that nigga nothing for uh, Valentine's Day. So. I'm chilling, but I got her, I got her a couple little things for when she get back. So she'd be happy. You know, like a card, a little gift, and uh, some flowers. So she'd be happy when she sees that stuff. But no, I ain't had to do nothing. I went to the grocery store. Bought some fucking food. <laughs> Nothing else, really. That's funny, man. That's always good. Yeah. See, Steve sitting over there in the pocket, like, man, I did a lot. <laughs> what? We celebrated Valentine's Day. What y'all do, Steve? When, uh, well, we we alternate years, so one year is my year, and the next year is her year. That's a, uh, that's a cool way to look at it. Yeah, what? and it Tell saves us money. Yeah. So yeah, tell me, tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> so just to keep from you know spending a ton of money and getting each other something every single time. Mm-hmm. One year is her year, and we do something you know for her, and then the next year is my year, and she'll do something for me. So that way it keeps costs down, but then you know it um it allows us to have uh you know, still be able to celebrate and have that focus. So it's kind of cool and something that that works well. The only thing is most of the time I end up still getting or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But like on her year, it may be a little more than what I normally Uh do. Uh, I think last year we ended up uh, somehow something happened. I ended up getting something over time day too. So this year she kind of had a double year. Uh, But she still did something for me anyway. Um, so we just went down. Um, we went down to Atlanta one night. Uh, also, it was her friend's birthday, uh, Morgan. So we went to her birthday dinner, but we just kind of got away without the kids. I got a couple gifts, nothing too, nothing too crazy. Uh, some pearls. She wanted some pearls, so I got some pearls. And then and we came on back. So. Came back to this icy bullshit up here in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. um, this icy wonderland. So, yeah, it was just a quick trip in and out, really. Um, yeah. It wasn't like, you know, not, we ain't get a chance to go visit nobody, nothing like that. But we just, yeah. it was just like a pop in, get away from the kids, stay at the Sheraton, nice little suite, and uh, just kind of enjoy ourselves. And, you know, yeah. So, that's so, so, I'm, I'm so, writing so, that shit down as a, uh, Something to uh, talk to Allison about and be like, hey, man, what do you think about this idea of uh, like isolating years of, 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 of Valentine's Day focus? Yeah. <laughs> it don't I mean, mean you ain't going to get nothing every year. It just means that like we're just making sure that both people get their thing. Yeah. yeah. That's dope, man. That's a dope ass idea. I never thought about that. And I'm not. Uh, <laughs> 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 Your birthday ain't even Valentine's Day. That's like it's close enough though. Yeah, like, it is. like I can't I do lucky, anything. Bro. I got lucky. I got born on the sixth. Right. So, like, yeah, right. Another week after me and shit. I'm like, yeah, I still get my day. Right. And then like, like this time it fell where it was like last weekend it was my birthday and then this weekend was uh, Valentine's Day. So it was like, yeah, it's a clear distinction. Right, right. It's a whole work week in between. Yeah. No, we usually, man, we we do little things, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like one year. That's how we got into gardening because of Valentine's Day. She was like, I like flowers. I was like, bet, we're going to grow some. <laughs> True story, dude. Hey, I went to Home cool, Depot. It's a cool activity. Yeah. I mean, it was the dopest thing in the world, man. She was so excited and stuff like that. And y'all seen how we got into it that year. So, and ever since then, man, we always talk about, you know, gardening and, and need flowers and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Yeah. Um, you know. Definitely. I yeah. forgot to say that. I was like, that, I should have said that already. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I should have said that. I should have said that to the listeners, man. Happy Valentine's right. Day to the listeners, man. It is. I hope you had a good day with your folks. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. With your loved ones or yourself. So, hey, there yeah. it is. Yeah, there you go. You know. All right, man. Y'all ready to jump into uh, what's in it. your speakers? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to jump into what's in your speakers, man. We're going to kick it off with uh, what I've been listening to this week. Uh, this week, uh, I took some time and uh, created a playlist on Apple Music. I called it the Andre 3000 Showcase. And so I just like was picking up a lot of stuff from like his features from like the the 2010s and then like I think like that year in 2007 where he did a bunch of features. I just put all of them on there. So I got stuff on there like 16 from uh Rick Ross God forgives I don't. Um I got uh Sorry off of uh TI's album. Uh I think that was Trouble Man. Trouble Man. Uh, the artist storytelling part four off of DJ Drama's album because I always like this song. Um, shit, this, this Frank Ocean song, Pink Matter. And he also had a, a solo song on there on uh, Frank uh, Frank Ocean's album Blonde, which was mm-hmm. aptly titled Solo. Um, of course, International Players Anthem is on there, and then a whole bunch of other shit. But then, <clears throat> besides that, I went into a. a Erica Badu kick for a little while. Mm-hmm. So I listened to the Baduism album, the Worldwide Underground album, and Mama's Gun. And Mama's Gun is fucking amazing, bro. It's like every song like flows into the next song and shit. I never really picked up on that like that. But it'll be like the band was playing the song that she's currently playing and then at the end it kind of like leads you into the next one. Yeah. And I was like, see, this is masterful. Like when people do that, it's beautiful. But yeah, I listened to that. Um, I listened to some Mary J. Blige. So I got into her uh, Share My World album and then also My Life, uh, which is one of the original junks that uh, made her who she is, really. Then I got into that Judas and the Black Messiah album. I listened to it front to back. Um, I was tired and I listened to it when I came back from work. But I got through most of it. I think I missed like two songs I had to go back and listen to because I fell asleep for a second. And by the time I woke up, it was on the last track and Rakim was rapping. And I was like, oh, shit, I missed a couple songs. <laughs> so, like, I had to go back and listen to a couple of them. But on that one, I think the ones that I liked the most were, um, I think it was Plead the Forfeit, um, What It Feels Like with Nipsey Hussle and Jay-Z, and EPMD with Nas, and then, of course, Fight For You by Her. Um, those was my favorites on there. Then after that, I got into um, this nigga that we talked about already, the nigga Akeem Ali that was on uh, 85 South Show. 
Because I went and listened to the damn freestyle again, and I was like, this nigga was for real floating in this hoe, bro. Like, <laughs> shit was crazy. Like, I watched a couple reaction videos and everything, because people was just, like, tripping. It was like, this man going. Right. So, like, I, I downloaded his single, uh, Kimi Castanova, which is, like, the beat that they was playing while they yeah. were doing the freestyle. And that's just so fucking smooth and ridiculous. Like, it's crazy. But I got it to, uh, he got a, I don't know, it's like a mixtape or whatever that's out as well. And it's called Rolling. But it's from 2019. So it sounds a little bit older. It's got like a, um, it's, it's like heavily filled with like older samples and stuff like that. Um, sound like a, it sounds like a young guy that has, something to say, but don't really know what he want to say yet. Um, so it sounds like he was on his way at that point. But, like, I think he kind of found something with this Kimi Casanova thing. He might be able to uh, take that further than that. And I think the cool thing about this shit was, after I had sat there and listened to this nigga all day, like, just laughing at this damn freestyle, I went to a vitamin shop, because that's where I buy my shaving cream and shit from, because it's the only place they got the stuff that I use. Um, so I went to go buy it and I, I had looked it up online. I'm like, yeah, okay. They, they got some in stock. I'm gonna go to this, this particular location, get to the location. They ain't got the shit. And I'm like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Cause I came in the store and the, the lady, the attendant, um, it was a black lady and she was like, can I help you? And I was like, no, nah, I know exactly what I'm looking for. And I'm just making sure y'all got it. And then like, I went to the back and I was like, y'all ain't got it. <laughs> so where is it at? And then she was like, let me check some other store. Let me see, let me see. And then she checked and she was like, it's at another location down the street. And then I was like, all right, well, how far is that one? She said, man, it's a little ways. Let me look at this other place. And then I was like, which direction is it a little ways from here? And she was like, I don't know. I'm not from here. And I was like, I ain't from here neither. She said, I'm from, she said where are you from? I was like, I'm from Memphis. And then she said, oh, okay, I'm from Mississippi. And then I was like, oh, shit. And then she said, uh, she said, yeah, you know, Memphis niggas, y'all slick like Memphis, Mississippi niggas. And I was like, a little bit. And I asked her where she was from. And I was like, where you from? She said, I'm from Jackson. And I was like, nigga, I've been listening to this nigga, Akeem Ali, all day from Jackson. And then she was like, nigga, I know Akeem Ali. And she said, I was literally just texting that nigga earlier. And I was like, swear to God. And she was like, yeah. She said, I'm going to have to let that nigga know that some random dude came into the shop and was yeah. talking about he was listening to his music. And then come to find out, she rapped. So she was like, go download this song. She got this song called Blockhead. It's a trip, bro. I'm going to have to send it to y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's like, it kind of reminds me of like the city girls and shit. It's like that kind of feel. But um, her name is B-King the Goat. And so that's like somebody I discovered by chance this week, like in person and shit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So shout out to B-King the Goat because um, that was a, a chance encounter. But that wraps up my week, man. That's all I got a chance to listen to this week. Um, shooting over to Nashville, where it's the frozen tundra. What hey, you yeah. been listening to this week, man? Elsa all up in this bitch. Boy, freezing shit up. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, man, my week's been it, it's not as, as packed as it normally is, but let's run through it. Uh, so, man, I was feeling... I was feeling... Um, I was in a bankroll fresh mood and I just wanted some bankroll fresh. So I listened to the, uh, in bank we trust. And then of course, man, bankroll fresh, bankroll fresh, the self-titled album, uh, man, I repeat bankroll, man. I miss dude. 
a lot. So I listened to, you know, went down some back road fresh for sure. Uh, from there, I actually listened to an album that I, I skipped over um, that dropped a couple of weeks ago. And Schooly dropped a new album called The Boy With The Boy with the Bars. Um, hmm. I'm Schooly. I like Schooly. So I hopped on that, man. It, it's all right. It's pretty good. It's... Um, it's Schooly giving you Schooly. Uh, pretty fun little album to listen to. Um, go check that out. There's a couple things on there. Um, and then so, yeah, check that one out. Uh, from there, man, I just keep going back to this Pooh Shiesty over and over again. So there's more Pooh Shiesty being played. Um, as well as uh, getting over into that. I was, I was, I've been waiting on Friday since like, Two weeks ago, <laughs> if that makes sense, because I wanted to hear this Judas side soundtrack. Because I, I had to, I couldn't wait to hear this Nipsey Hustle Jay Z uh, collaboration record. Um, so, man, it feels good to hear some Nip. Uh, it feels good to hear him, but at the same time, I'm sad when I hear him because I know he's not here to enjoy it, like yeah. all of what he's getting right now. Mm-hmm. But man. Yo, Nip killed it, man. He killed it. And then the cool thing was, I don't know how many people noticed it, but going right into the next record, uh, Broad Day with Hit Boy, he has, at the beginning, he has Nip saying a couple things. You can hear Nip kind of saying, like, a couple things, uh, kind of like in his, for his tag or whatever. Mm-hmm. Dang. That was, that was crazy. Um, but yeah, like, the same records that you was talking about, I enjoy. I really enjoy the entire thing, actually. Um, surprisingly, I didn't really skip many records. Uh, I was surprised though that a lot of these younger cats was on it, like G Herbo, uh, Pooh Icy's on there. He got a whole like, I don't know if it's a freestyle or a whole record, but it's called No Profanity, and, and he went in. Um, yeah. I was surprised to hear Dom Kennedy on it as well I was as. Yeah, I was I was super happy. Um, Dirk's on there, BJ the Chicago kid. Like it's a lot of like young guys on there. So I, I thought it was gonna be more older artists. Um, surprisingly, this album gave me a '90s feel. So I was pretty happy about that. I was like, dang, this is dope. Like from band, Polo G is on there as well. So I was pretty surprised. Pretty surprised, and then also just kind of getting a chance to hear Bump J. It's been a long time since I heard Bump J on anything. So hearing Bump J was fun on uh, Revolutionary with G Herbo, and man, I listened to the whole thing a couple times. So man, I, I really really enjoyed it. Um, from there, since we was in Atlanta, me and my wife were just trying to find something to listen to as we were uh, riding through the city, going to. Um, going to dinner and then we had a late late lunch which and then we ended up going to dinner like three hours later and eating again uh, man we had found the uh, ti essentials on apple music so we just listened to ti uh like pretty much the whole time we we're down there and then from there i went back and listened to trap music which is one of my favorite albums from them but it got me thinking about Tip, and I remember Tip saying that he had five classic records, uh, five classic albums. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, he got a little bit of backlash for saying that from a couple people, and then I had to sit there and think, and I started going, that thought, that question came back to my head, and I kept thinking about it. I was like, I think he might <laughs> have at least 
he got at least four. And then yeah. I think there's one that they go back and forth with. Like some people are like, yeah, they really, really love the, the, a certain album. Um, and we can, I guess we, after we get with Tommy T, we can answer that. And I can kind of give you my thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I was going to ask which ones you were talking about, but we can hold it. Yeah, let's hold it to after Tommy T because I want all y'all's as well. Because I want to go through, I want to give you the ones that I think are classics because it gave me like, Oh, like I had a light bulb go off, but yeah, we can go over that after Tommy T's done. Um, but after that, man, we got back on. We kind of, I don't know, I don't know what's up with it, but you know, we we back on our 90s vibe, man. More 90s music, we play more 90s music, and it was a DJ. and I don't have his card on me right now because I was telling what his name is at this spot. He was DJing, it's called Agency in mm-hmm. Atlanta. He was DJing, yo, dude was going in, uh, playing all the jams. Um, so, yeah, we got on more '90s music, and yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I, I ain't I ain't have too much. I'm doing. I'm just playing stuff to get us through the ride. But yo, check out that Ti Essentials, man. It's it's really jam packed with everything. If you want to listen, if you don't want to just listen to one album and you just want to listen to a bunch of of his records, uh, listen to that Ti Essentials and then go into an album. Uh, it also got me thinking about him versus fifth, and I was like, "Yeah, he would have squashed fifth easy." Uh, <laughs> but <Bruh>. um, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much me, man. Pretty much my week. All right, man. Tommy, what you been on this week, man? Man, this week, man, has been a good week for me. I started my week off listening to Nipsey Hussle, uh, Victory Lap, and then. Uh, Crenshaw. I always like those two albums. Um, of course, I had a little uh, Pooh Shiesty, Shiesty season. Was in there. Discovered my daughter likes two chains. <laughs> we was listening to Tony and uh, <laughs> Gray Area. Like we was just watching videos. She was like, she started dancing. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Back. You know. Uh, <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah, man. That soundtrack, man, is is awesome. Uh, with with everybody that was on there, um, I like how it starts out with actual audio of of Fred Hammond. It's probably from the movie, but I always like that stuff. It, it brings a a hey, be quiet and listen to this feel to it. Uh, what it feels like, Nipsey also Jay Z. That was a big song, really. So, you know, of course, I want to check that one out. The song No Profanity with uh, Pooh Shiesty, I like that joke. That was that was dope. Uh, Something Ain't Right with uh, Maceco. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. Um, yeah, J.I.D. Yeah. and Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, that song right there bumping, man. Um, I pretty much like the whole thing, man. ASAP Rocky was on there. Mm-hmm. That John, I was like, yeah, okay. Been looking for some ASAP Rocky. What else I've been listening to? Um, Bob Marley. So my daughter has a book called Three Little Birds, and it's the Bob Marley song. And uh, so we read the book, and then we listened to the song. And yeah. we read the book again. <laughs> um, what else? Notorious B.I.G., he got an Essentials playlist. Uh, for Black History Month on title. So, um, Big Papa, Juicy, Get Money, 
um, with some of the songs I was listening to. Um, what else? What else? What else? Lucky Day came out with an album on February 12th called Table for Two. I, I heard of Lucky Day before, but I just never listened to him. But I just needed something in the background. And uh, that album's dope, bro. It's like seven, seven songs. And it's dope, man. Ari Lennox, Queen Naja are featured on there. Those are the ones that I can recognize. Um, I actually know who they are. Um, but yeah, it's dope, man. So if you get a chance, go check that one out. And then I ended up, like right before we jumped on, I was listening to Sir. Um, he got That's D Smoke's brother. He's with TDE um, and stuff. Um, Lights I, on. I did not know. Footsteps in the dark. He did, he did a remake for it. Yeah. No, no. no. Yeah, bro, they they all look the same too, bro. I've never seen them. You haven't? No, okay. I've only seen D Smoke. D Smoke, sir. It's another one too that I think sings. Um, I ain't sure, but I think it's another one that sings that, you know, with them. But um, yeah, man, that's pretty much my week. I think that was a solid week, man. Yeah. Of music. Hey, it's one record on there that I think is dangerous. <laughs> and I'm surprised they put it on that Judas and the Messiah. Bro, have um, you seen the movie? Not yet. I plan on checking it out. Uh, the movie fight. Tonight. Man, I've been out, man. I've been out doing yeah. things. <laughs> uh, well, not doing too much, but... Um, but there's one song on there that I think is like dangerous as hell. <laughs> and I was surprised that they put it on that Judas and the Messiah. And it was that uh, Nardo. Yeah, Nardo Wick. I declare war. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh. <laughs> it's bummer. But yeah. I was like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, where's this going to go from here? But, Man. um. No, nah, no, nah, yeah, no, nah, I enjoyed it. I got, I'm gonna watch the movie tonight, though. Yeah, the movie fire, bro. Word. Oh, cool. but um, getting to that question, um, far as Tip and his classic albums, I like what we do. Like, what's in your speakers, and then we have a question afterwards. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, if, I didn't know G gonna have one today, but I want to just bring this one up to y'all. <laughs> so I might just bogo at the end. Right, like, I got one. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> but um. Nah, man, the three. So for me, the five albums that I think that he would that we could consider classics from Tip, which is crazy to think that someone got like five albums. Um, But hold on, give me a sec. But if we're looking at it and this is why I had like that weird revelation, like maybe Tip did something rare, because I think his first three may have possibly all been classics. Yeah, uh, I'm serious. Trap music, those two for sure are classics. Mm-hmm. But Urban Legend, Urban Legend was, I think, is a classic. But for me, I wasn't the biggest fan of listening to Urban Legend. Yeah. I really like trap music, but a lot of people really liked Urban Legend. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn, is it possible that he had three classic albums in a row? And yeah. I don't think that happens like in hip hop much. So. I was like, maybe I was thinking those first three, and then I was uh, thinking that after that, I was thinking, oh, now that I say that, 
Nah, I'm not gonna say King was. I don't think King was, but I think Paper Trails, and I think Paper Trails, and I think Libra will be is not yet, but Paper Trails is definitely one. And then we got the first three, which is Trap Music, I'm Serious, Urban Legend, and then the fifth one is just kind of up to debate, like because I could see Trouble Man being it. Or paperwork, but I wasn't totally sure. So I want to throw that out there to see, like, does Tip really have five classes? Like, I can give four for sure, but the fifth one, because I think the Libra can possibly be it. It's just we haven't lived with it long enough to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But if we're not looking at the Libra, I mean, we still got uh, Trouble Man, which was a really good album. King was a really good album. And then Paperwork, which was a really good album. We know that No Mercy wasn't a really good one for us. We didn't like that one too much. And then um, and then yeah, Dime Trap was really good. Uh, but I don't know if that's a classic. Us or else, we know that that one we don't talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what do y'all think? What it, like, does Till possibly have those five classic albums and all those first three classics you know like is that something because it seems like that's something rare it seems like someone drops that first one as a class then that second one falls short but I don't I don't think so uh, like, in this case uh, nah my my little list like when you say that I wrote my little list out I only got four because I can't I was like the Libra hadn't been out long enough yeah um, you know just to say it's a classic but I'm serious, travel music, Urban Legend, Paper Trail. Urban Legend was the first one mainstream. Like, that really was successful for him, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, he came out with King. King is forgettable. You know what I'm saying? It's not. You know, it's, you know, it's like... <laughs> it's not. <laughs> not saying it's, like, it's like completely forgettable. But it's not, it's, you'll never forget the song. What you know about that? Yeah, that's right, really right, right. Yeah. <laughs> But my my reasoning of saying it's forgettable. The other, like I'm serious, is the one that I go to the most. Mm-hmm. Trap yeah. music, urban legend, you know. And it's like I kind of skip over King, even though like it was dope. And then I go to uh, Paper Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, that fifth one, I I don't know. It's, it's a possibility. I wouldn't say it was T.I. versus T.I.P. <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> like, he, he, like, he possibly do have five classic albums. It's just, where do you, what do you put right there? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you can put a lot of stuff right there. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it's a trip that we even, like, having a conversation about somebody with five classic albums. Right. Yeah. That's, a, that's dope in itself. Yeah. Uh, we could say uh, his gangster grills fucking mixtape was a classic. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that brought the beat. You see why uh, he was he was out here begging for a verses, right? <laughs> I mean, he like dog. It, it, it would definitely be interesting to see, but uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that fifth one would be for me, so I can't say. What you what you say what you say, uh, G? Shoot, I don't know. I don't know about five just yet. I'm kind of like y'all with the four. I give them those first three, um, 
And then, even though I told Tommy, it's not forgettable. Like, I don't think King is a forgettable album. Because I feel like it was a moment. Like, I think King came out at, like, a big moment for him. Like, yeah. He had a really good year that year. He had dropped that that mixtape. And then also, he had uh, dropped that album. Mm-hmm. And he had a fucking movie out. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Just, that's why it's not forgettable. Because all that shit is inextricably tied to each other. Um which is kind of weird to say that and then say that King is not a classic album because it's like that was a huge moment. <laughs> it might, it might be the one. Um, I, I mean, you I don't can, know. You can put whatever. <laughs> looking at the like, looking, yeah, I mean, it ain't no wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like looking at what was on this front and back with UGK, we yeah. know that was a big record. Mm-hmm. What you know about was that was like his breakout record like yeah. his biggest record mm-hmm. uh which was ridiculous and then Live in the Sky with Jamie Foxx was a big that's record that's when Jamie Foxx was big like he yeah. had just came out with his album mm-hmm. absolutely um and I'm trying to think um Top Back Top is back. on there Top Back is on there uh what is it uh Beat Down Low that's on yep. there right yep yeah Boy, that is top back. No, ride with me is the other one. Ride with me, stuff like yep, that song. That's that's on there. Yeah. yeah, like come on, bro. That that just might be. <laughs> it might be. It might, it's it a might bunch be. Of hits on that motherfucker. Yeah, I'm about to go back and listen to it and see. Yeah. We agree, it's four for sure. Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. If and, if that if if King is also a classic, that means that he didn't miss for five albums straight. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> And a, and a movie, dog. Cause, uh, yeah, was, was movie. it ATL or Takers? Yeah, ATL. When did mm-hmm. Takers come out? Takers came out later. So okay. Like yeah. Around the paper trail time, I think. Because ATL could be a classic as well, man. It is. ATL is a classic movie. <laughs> they playing that motherfucker on BET probably right now. Right. <laughs> I, I had the movie and I knew all the words to the whole. Yeah. Right. Is it, is it, it's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, it's my dad. Hey, be clear. This is my daddy house. <laughs> yeah. So to, to everyone who's listening, man, checking it out, let us know. Are we on are we on to something? And if not, you know what I'm saying? Let us know um what's your classic albums from Tip. Um and then let's go from there. Let's let's figure it out. And uh shoot this over to Tip so we can hear what he gotta say too. I ain't scared to talk to him. He gonna try to use all them big words, but I ain't going for that. I should call college words, man. That's what I call. Them <laughs> <laughs> college words he be using, man. Yeah, man. Um, let's get straight into it, man. So, uh, rock and roll Hall of Fame induction happened mm-hmm. this past week. Um, let me pull this up real quick. I thought I had it up, but I went out of it. Rock and Roll Hall of, Hall of Fame induction. The nominees, Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Devo or Devo, Foo Fighters, The Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Shaka Khan, Carol King, Fela Kuda, Cootie, mm-hmm. LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, Tina Turner, Dionne Warwick. <laughs> uh... My thoughts on that list is, is the first thing is I thought Tina Turner was already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think it's Ike so Turner. Long, but 
Tina Turner and Shaka Khan. Right. That's the, that's the first thing <laughs> that comes to mind. Suppose, why are they being inducted at the same time as Elio Cool J and, and Jay Z? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Shouldn't they have already been in there? Yeah. Um. But I I I was like I thought that Tina Turner was already in there. Um. But I guess not. But she's being inducted. Um, and then Mary J. Blige is another one that stands out for me. Um, just because it's like, wow, she has had a a great career, you know. And uh, like that's amazing. That's amazing for these artists to be inducted and kudos to them, congratulations to them um on the induction. One of my favorite rappers. Damn, Tina Turner is 81, bro. Swear to God. Just wow. <laughs> I didn't realize she was that old. I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't either. Well, shout out to Tina Turner, man. Nice. Um Yeah, so I think it's cool. I think that's really dope. And uh and everything. I just thought today was already in there. Carol King, LL Cool J. You started to see a work, like she work. just now being right. put into Bro, what is what is wrong with these people? <laughs> That's crazy. Wait, wait. Uh, no, I say they might be inducted twice. Twice. King has been uh, Carol King. Well, Carol King has been inducted as a songwriter, and mm-hmm. Tina Turner. That's what it was. Tina Turner was inducted with Ike and Tina Turner. Mm. She's been inducted. By herself, as um, Tina Turner. As Tina Turner, yeah. I thought so, man. I was like, "Wait, something sounds funny." Um, and they're just nominees, so it's cool. Um, and Dion Ward, this is her first time being uh, a nominee, so um, that's completely surprising. It's cool though. I want to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day, man. That. And the uh, NFL Hall of Fame, and I guess the NBA Hall of Fame. Should I just want to go visit the Hall of Fames, man? No wrong with that. Yeah, like I never been. uh, Did you go to the women's basketball joint in Knoxville? No, they used to have parties in their joint. I did not. I had never been in there. That was no, during the time I didn't care about all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now it's like, man, I want to go see it, man. Hmm. Yeah. Nah, but, I think they uh, should. Uh, I think they should change the name from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to, to something else. Why? Because it ain't just rock and roll that's going in. Yeah, they should be like American Music Hall of Fame or something at this point. Yeah. But shit, Fela Cootie, Fela Cootie is not American, so that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Just a, I don't know, man. Music I like Hall Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. Because it, I don't know. I guess because it's been there, you know. I can't think of any. I don't. I don't think American Hall of Fame sounds good. American music, but I can't think of anything else. I mean, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame sounds badass. Period. But it's just when you when it's opened up to so many other genres going in, it's like yeah, that, it can't know. just necessarily be rock and roll anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't nobody even make rock and roll music anymore. And no. Some people do. Ooh. Man, don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> man, what? Wait. 
Ain't nobody uh, making grease music no more. Rock and roll music, current current rock and roll music. It ain't the same as it as it was. Just as hip hop's not the same. That's true. Um, but it's Maybe still it rock and roll, rock music bad. out there, like heavy metal and all that shit. Uh, Slipknot still out here somewhere doing some crazy <laughs> shit. Uh, some grunge metal bands. Right. None of them saying. <laughs> <laughs> Is that considered rock and roll? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. Um, what else we got this week? Trump got to quit. All right. So uh, next we got <laughs> man. That's some bull. That is some straight up bull. They are like it was crazy because. And I have been watching this, and I know nobody else in our crew has been watching it or paying attention to it. Everybody's like had the same sentiment. I'm gonna wait till it's over. But uh, mm-hmm. like a great, like basically a they did an awesome job at laying out this this like this is why this happened. Mm-hmm. If it was anybody other than Trump, it would have been like they would have got uh, been found guilty for it. But um, they voted to acquit him and then said he did it. <laughs> he was responsible for everything. And, you know, it, like, that's the dumbest thing. Why vote to acquit him then say he was re- responsible for it? But I digress, man. <coughs> what? Yeah. Um, that's weird. Somebody yeah. said on uh, online, it was like, how are you going to acquit this person when <laughs> when it was actually going on, y'all was turning to him to try to get him to stop it. As if he's responsible for it. <laughs> like, how you come then say he's not guilty? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the craziest thing in the world, man. Um, big news right here, man. And a lot of people have talked about this. And um, Justin Timberlake apologized to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson saying he failed them. Um, you know, with I don't know what he did with Britney Spears. He was dating Britney. He was dating her? Yeah. And then when they yeah. when they broke up, man, they he pretty I, like Britney went through a period of being I, I wanna say she was uh and I, I might not be totally correct, but she was like, and that's why it's a lot of stuff coming out about her. She's in the news a lot now, but she was like, man, she was, man, she went through a lot. Like, they like, I almost want to say they blackballed her for a minute. Um, and then just had a lot that he said about, about her. Cause you know, that whole, um, Crime in River was about her. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And like, it was just a, like a whole, thing just out of control and you know when they was pretty much dragging Britney through the through the mud much like they did Janet Jackson he was nowhere to be found to at least be like you know try to at least protect protect Britney he was I don't know you know he was off being Justin doing whatever he wanted to do uh you know much like much to the same as he did with Janet Jackson after the Super Bowl moment you know, mm-hmm. see, I know yeah. about the Janet Jackson thing, man, bro. Yeah. I've never saw it. 
never saw it? I never saw it. I don't know what happened recently. I was watching the Super Bowl and uh, missed that one part. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang. I saw it live. Yeah. <laughs> man, just imagine, man, 17 years old, like thinking of where I was 16 at the time, I think. 2004, yeah. 16 years old, and they say Jenny Jeff- Jackson nipple gonna slipped out. That'd have been completely up my alley, man. But that's the that's the thing though. It wasn't a dance. it wasn't even a slip. It was like it was a pool. He had put yeah, it was a pool. Like whatever happened when he put with the dance routine, he put his arm like over her or whatever. Yeah. And he moved it back. And when he did, I don't know if it got caught on the the pasty thing that was over it. Yeah. Cause it, it tore it off. And mm-hmm. like it was just like boom. And she tried to cover it up so quick. And then they tried to cut, but before that, like it happened so quickly. And like he had never said nothing else about that. Yeah, that, and that's the that's that's the crazy part. It's like, how was he able to get away with that? And it was his fault. You I know still don't know. Like they, they criticized yeah. her yeah. for a wardrobe malfunction that he caused. Yeah. You know, and and he never stood up to say anything to uh help her, which I don't feel like she should have been criticized as, as much as she was and, and, and stuff like she was, but it's like, dude, like why would you, anyway, he apologized. Is that enough? I don't know. It's like and does it matter at this point? this point? Is that enough and does it matter? Yeah, it's like, bro, that was a long time ago. <laughs> 20 years ago. Don't nobody even want that apology. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, keep that. <laughs> we, like a lot of us haven't been rocking with him for so long, just because of that. Like the Britney thing, we just left that alone. Like I didn't know like, about the Britney, but yeah, uh, the whole Britney thing was crazy. <laughs> cause I think they was going through whatever they was going through. But the Janet Jackson thing, I remember that whole thing and, and just how they like attacked her, and he never like said anything. He just kind of deflected it and that was my whole issue with him I was like like when he did something talented say, you can deny it I'd be like yeah that was dope but like nah I wouldn't I wouldn't rock with him like ever so for me I always feel like it's cause and effect so why does he decide to apologize now right like what's going on what are we finna it's, it's the uh, you know they did the Britney Spears documentary too yeah okay and that brought some attention to the, I guess their breakup or something. Mm-hmm. They talked about him in that documentary. I haven't watched it. I don't even know where the documentary is at. Like what channel it's on, but I wasn't a huge Britney Spears fan, if y'all can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was one of those, man, she just crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what it. That's a, that's where all of this is coming from. Why Justin Timberlake is coming in the in the news for having to say that apology? Because I'm pretty sure if nobody ever said his name, he probably never would have said anything. Um. Yeah. Oh, since we brought Britney Spears up, her father lost conservatorship over her. Um. I think he was asking for more money. <laughs> like it was some investments, wasn't it? Something like that. 
What is what, Tell everybody know, what conservatorship is. It's it's basically power of attorney over somebody's uh life. You know, their finances and making decisions with their finances because they're not um, capable of making sound decisions for themselves. Yeah, gotcha. And Dang, was uh, she that bad off? Bro, she was terrible. Like, like literally, she was. She lost it, man. Um, I'm still trying to find this thing. What channel this documentary? Because now I want to watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna go watch it. Um, uh, framing oh Britney Spears is the name of it. Oh yeah, that is okay. It was a DJ that came out and said something about it, and he felt oh, so ashamed or whatever. So it is whatever's deep down in there. Yeah, I want to see it. Yep, I'm sold. Yeah, it's on FX, man. FX and Hulu, so there it is. Check it gotcha. out. FX coming out with some stuff, man. They got the hip hop. Normally pretty good. Yeah. yeah. What's it? They got another documentary about hip hop, man. Hip hop uncovered. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it's like a series type. I ain't checked it out yet. Did, did y'all watch any of the episodes? No, I ain't seen it. Mm-hmm. I haven't either. Yeah. I haven't been talking about it. Yeah, I said I was gonna check that one out, man. I think Greg's put something in the in the Slack about it. Yeah, I did, but I just haven't watched it yet. I didn't know when it came out, but now that I know it's out, I'm gonna have to check it out. Mm-hmm. For <laughs> sure, for sure. For another discussion. Oh, oh, of course. <laughs> 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 um. But yeah, man, y'all got any news? Anything that's newsworthy for the week? Because that's pretty much all I got, man. Uh, I didn't shoot. Sounds like we're good. Yeah, I think we're we're all the way good. (laughs) Okay, we're all the way good. Um, Now, I'm pretty excited about what we're talking about today because um, that's one of the, the biggest things that I really look at now is um, entrepreneurship and uh, black ownership and stuff like that. And being able to tie this in with music is always a great thing for me and sounds exciting to me. So kind of want to give a little background story um, about what brought us here. Um, I think um, a few weeks ago we were talking about Master P investing in a car like a like mm-hmm. a car that was to battle tesla and we was like man master p investing so much stuff but if you think about it on a grander scale rap hip-hop has made it capable to create a lot of black millionaires and a lot of black entrepreneurs and that's important because entrepreneurship in the black community was not promoted, um, was not allowed at one point in the United States. And now, and because of that, we have these trickle down effects that still today affects our black community. Um, entrepreneurship is one way to build wealth in the United States and in the world. And 
for the black community to be exiled essentially from from actually building that wealth um that's what makes it extremely important today so with with hip-hop being that that fuel or that that uh that engine to get people to entrepreneurship and and making wealth for generations to come man um I want to see what you guys thought about the effects hip hop has had inside of uh, the black community with entrepreneurship. Like, because personally, I didn't think about it on that scale until like a few years ago when uh, I started, when I found out Rick Ross invested in uh, Wingstop. Mm -hmm. I don't like Wingstop, but I mean, that's a smart move. <laughs> but I want to get y'all thoughts on how has hip hop helped um, the black community within uh, with entrepreneurship. Man, I love Wingstop. Why you don't like Wingstop? That's man, because it's, it's like it's this place called Susie's Wings down here. Oh, you tell me not even bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. Look, I tell you why, man. No, Wingstop is straight, but you know, I just have a. A place I would rather go to. Okay. Yeah. That sounds much better. If that's better. <laughs> oh, but get it. Um, nah, uh, I think black entrepreneurship has done a, a, a ton. Well, it depends on how you look at it. I think it's done a ton for the black community because uh, it gave people some hope, some things to do, especially for people who are convicts. Hey, you can create your own business for folks coming out of college and create your own business or, you know, just folks who didn't want to go gave them another route, hope to do something more than just the um, typical go to college, get you a job, graduate from high school, get you a job. Um, especially when it's something that you didn't want to do and you knew you weren't going to be good at it because you didn't want to do it. Uh, but you did it just to make money. Most of the time, you know, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs do come back and give back. And then there's some that don't. Uh, but most of the time, some do come back and give back. It just really depends. Uh, with being in real estate, I've seen a lot of black entrepreneurs fixing and flipping houses. Uh, mm. Gave them a way to make money and then not be in the spotlight as well as uh, provide for their family. So it just really depends on, you know, how you look at it. Uh, you can even say that, you know, drug dealing is almost a form of entrepreneurship, even though it's illegal, but uh, gave them a way to 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 do something. And most of the time that spawned other folks into other things. Um, it just when it comes with people shopping with black businesses, that's where our um, the support of black businesses and entrepreneurs, that's where the problem kind of comes in. Uh, as far as other African-Americans supporting other African-Americans or black Americans, or however you want to say it. So uh, it just depends really, really on what side you're on uh, of the coin you're on. So. Okay. Yeah, I like what you were saying, uh, Steve, especially when you touched on like the selling drugs even being considered a, a, an entrepreneurship thing because that's like the direction I kind of wanted to go when I was saying earlier, I was like, ah, shit, I like that they said that I want to talk about them. Um, cause I feel like, I feel like the, 
I'm trying to get my thoughts together. <laughs> I feel like even with like that specifically, like you shared in the Slack, you shared that uh, video with Master P and he was talking about um, investing in a product because like things that are talent-based will run out. Things like mm-hmm. sports and entertainment that'll run out, but like a product will continue on. He listed things like Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's uh, just because those are things that have been in the news recently. But those products have been on the shelf, he said, for like 130 years. So like, So people continue to do that like generations later, um, which we kind of have touched on before on the show. Like you don't want yourself to be the product, but like the product continuing to exist helps future generations. And so when you think about drug dealing, it's just selling a product. Like you find something that people want, it's basic economics. You find something that people want, you sell it, and then they continue to come back to you and they support that business. Mm-hmm. And it works because, like, the stuff that you're selling sells itself, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's one thing that we, if it's two things that we know in this world, it's that every person who is born is going to die. And then the second thing is that, like, crack is going to sell. Like, <laughs> yeah. niggas is going to buy crack. Like, yes. the only way crack <laughs> is not going to sell is if people don't use it. But yeah. people use it, it's too late. People going to buy the shit. So, yeah. like, those drugs are a product. But then, like you said, it spawns those different entrepreneurial pursuits um, beyond selling drugs. Because, like, eventually, since it's illegal, you have to find a way to legitimize your money. You have to find a way to make money that's not going to, like, make it so fucking hazardous to make it. Like, even mm-hmm. when you said about the real estate, you said they make money without having to be in the spotlight. Like, mm-hmm. finding a way to make money and not necessarily having to be the driving force behind it, which is where, like, a product comes into play. It's like, okay, I can just sell this thing. And then, like, people just keep on buying that thing, which is what they did with the drug dealing. And a lot of hip-hop artists have talked about, like, taking what they've learned from the drug game and applying it to the rap game. And they end up just making, like, it used to be CDs was their product. Or, mm-hmm. like, merchandise when you go to a show can be a product. Or, like, a feature verse can be considered a product. Like, they just find different ways to sell those things. Um, which it works for a while, but then you run into that Master P problem where it's like, eventually you run out of juice. <laughs> like, don't nobody want your damn merchandise no more. Don't nobody want your feature verse no more. He said, like, I don't care if you Michael Jackson. Like, eventually you get old. People don't really want that that much no more. But like, pancakes don't get old. <laughs> like, like, when Lily gets to be 35 years old, she's gonna still like pancakes. Right, right, right. right. It's not, it's not gonna change. Like, it's just like crack. It's, it's food. <laughs> like, people gonna continue to want to eat food forever. Yeah. So, like, finding you a, a, a sustainable product and just putting your energies and your investments behind that, I, I think that's gonna be, I think that would be amazing uh, for anybody. Um, but it is really interesting to, to watch the development go from selling a product in drugs to selling entertainment to back to wanting to sell a product again. Mm -hmm. So it's like Master P has come full circle. Except this time the product that he wants to sell is actually legal. Right. (laughs) You don't have to worry about like problems. No, not at all. Absolutely. And uh, the other part of it, not just having a product, but having a service. Uh, service will outlast anything. Mm-hmm. If I can provide a service that you want, you'll continue to come. 
like being a realtor, um, a realtor, a real estate agent. Like everybody, you want to buy a house? There's a whole bunch of us, but we can all still make money providing this service. People are going to be looking for that. They're going to come. They're going to find. As long as you're providing some amazing service, people will continue to come and find. Uh, So, you know, having that combination of a service and then also having a product that can sell on its its own, just kind of that that's kind of the formula, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you both on, on that, man. Like, like it's crazy because we all know somebody who sold drugs. We've heard the stories of rappers who were previously, previously drug dealers and now they're millionaires and, and, you know, doing their own thing, investing and, and, you know, business owners and stuff like that. Um, you kind of look at it as you went from one hustle to another hustle, but you were so lucky to be able to rap, you know, and rap being the means to an end versus um, being, being able to rap and then building upon that into bigger businesses for yourselves, man. So it's, it's kind of like, the rags to riches story and you get to, you basically get to talk about your own rags to riches story and kind of make it up as you go. And you continuously giving yourself more, more meat to the fire, you know what I'm saying? More, more stuff to put in into your raps and everything like that. Um, that's important because you can kind of look at, your masters, I'm thinking. Tell me if I'm right or wrong, Steve, on the, on the masters thing. But mm-hmm. your masters at that point becomes your assets, right? Uh, pretty much, depending on who owns it. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm saying like that's yeah. what the big the big push for only your masters because you putting out all this music and it's making you the money from like your touring, like you guys say your mm-hmm. uh, your merchandise that you're selling and stuff like that. But then you have this catalog of music. And if you own it, those are assets for you right there. And so you have kids looking up to you, not understanding that, hey, I can say these rap words, I can rap and do this and do that, but don't understand that coming into the rap or hip hop, music culture or whatever, going into music, you create, you basically creating an asset and becoming a business yourself. You're, you're, at that point, you become the asset. And I think Jay-Z was the one that said, I'm not a business. I'm a business. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Um, mm-hmm. That stands out to me because it's true. Like you're like, if you have a service, that service becomes your asset. If you have a product, like I hate to like crack. <laughs> Every time I think about crack, bro, I think about Dave Chappelle. Like, spraying some crack on him. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is funny. But, you know, you have a product crack. That's the asset. You know, so now we have this product wrap becoming the asset, but it's a stepping stone essentially for you to become greater, to, to make more because like Master P in that, uh, on uh, the Earn Your Leisure pro- po- podcast, like he said, um, that that product, that talent, that entertainment, 
it runs out. At some point, people are gonna stop wanting to listen to you. Mm. People not gonna want your features. People not gonna want you, um, you know, on their music. Like they ain't gonna want you to make a beat for them because it's gonna be irrelevant. Nobody's out here like, oh, I gotta have a Jazzy Faye beat. You know what I'm saying? Because he had a certain style and sound for that period for a different period. Yeah. Now, if he came back with something different, it'll be like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. But um, um huh. I, I want to jump in there real quick because okay, you, you brought up the Jazzy Faye thing because it, it really and what I really want to bring up is Apple has learned how to master this perfectly. Apple has learned how to because because it, it's like not only Apple but look at cars. Um, most of the time, if you're looking at cars in a certain year span, like let's take the Dodge Challenger because I have a Dodge Challenger. Um, from a certain time the Dodge Challenger was the same car for a couple of years. It just had a you know a couple ex, extra specs each year. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then eventually they changed the look of it uh, yep. because like you said, it, you know, it begins to look old now. Um, so Apple has mad learned how to master this because like the, the iPhone is, a, is you know, it's, it's pretty much the same phone throughout the years, but they've learned to like change it just a little bit. Hey, we're going to give you a, you know, a different type of glass on there. We're going to, instead of round, it's going to be a little squares. Well, we're going to go back to the round. We're going to give you wireless. We're going to give you this, give you that. And then when you brought up the Jazzy Faye, the Jazzy Faye comparison, it makes me think more of like Dr. Dre because mm-hmm. you just got to learn to evolve. Um, right, right. Some people can give you, like they, they figure out ways to take what they had before and sprinkle a little more on it alter it a little bit because like Jazzy Faye is actually putting out a lot of like putting out some productions that you wouldn't know that Jazzy Faye because it doesn't sound like right. you know Sierra on a Jazzy Faye beat mm-hmm. or this and that uh, same with um you know with Dre you hear Dre oh, you hear Dre beat you might not totally recognize it because it's not a tag on it for, for one until like someone say hey I'm on a Dre beat you're like oh dang that's Dre you know uh, so learning how to to alter a little bit to gain a lot or to evolve or you know gives you that longevity in this game. So and that goes back to investing in yourself because that's the other piece about it. Like mm-hmm. investing yourself to learn how to do more. Because I think I think at one point there was a, a report out there that that um, that Dre, Doctor Dre, if don't nobody know what I'm referring to, was learning how to like play the piano, play a bunch of Bach. Uh, pieces and things like that to, you know what I'm saying, to to infuse into his production. And that's yeah. investing in yourself and learning how to, you know what I'm saying, tweak that and make it, you know what I'm saying, even make things even bigger, you know? How can I improve the product? Yeah, improve the product. Because at that point, product. his product is his beats. Mm-hmm. His asset that's his is his beats. That's yeah. his service, yeah. Um, I want to I wanna talk about his evolution a little bit. Um, because you brought up a good thing about Dr. Dre evolving and uh, you know he got uh, what is it called Beats by Dre. Yep. Did he sell that? Yeah, uh, that's how he had got paid off for that. He had sold yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So I don't believe that. Like he basically invested in these headphones, mm-hmm. and they I don't know who bought them, but somebody bought them for way more than what he invested in. And that's the simple um, thing of investments. In investments. 101 <laughs> by mm-hmm. Tommy T, man. But um, 
that's the dumbed down version, the version that I can understand. And uh, we didn't come to investment, but that was smart. So these these people, uh, these rappers are able to create their asset in, in what I would think is just pure fun of, of storytelling about their life. And then they're able to improve their family. You know what I'm saying? Because he made billions off of that. Off of that one product, man. And, and along with all the other endorsements and investments that he made, he's continually making money from that, man. So um, I just think it, it it's the opportunity for hip hop to actually be the thing that the black community was missing from like not being able to um, not being able to participate in the U.S. economy in the beginning or participate at a very small level. Now, that's all you see. Hip hop culture has basically been on the forefront, has been the the mark, as you can say, to making money. Um, we all know everybody's not going to be a rapper. Everybody's not going to be a singer. Everybody's not going to be an athlete. But can everybody benefit from hip hop the way that the major players are? You know, the way that Jay-Z, the way that Kanye, and Kanye did his thing, you know, the way that these guys are, can everybody benefit from it? And is that fair, do you think? Like, is it is what fair? Is it is it fair for everybody to benefit from hip hop culture to better themselves as far as like entrepreneurs? Like how like with with us in a sense, it's we're looking at it from a from my standpoint as a fan, you as an artist, Greg, and, and Steve as a former, um, I guess we can say um manager or exec or some, you know, form of the business side of the music industry. Um we're looking at it from three different standpoints, but can we all stand to benefit from the hip hop culture? Like, cause I'm not a rapper, but I indulge myself into the culture, you know? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to tiptoe back right quick. Go ahead, go ahead, man. Cause like you did say something about like hip hop culture being like a missing piece, like uh, something that would allow us to participate appropriately into like the US economy basically. And I think that that's always been like entertainment has always been there for black people. I think hip hop is like the first one where it's like so encompassing. Mm-hmm. I think where hip hop is like it invites sports, it yeah. invites movies, it invites mm-hmm. all these things into it. It's not just the music, it's everything. Yeah. It's like it free flows through the NBA, through the NFL, through movies that you watch through people's style like it does all of that nigga uh whatever the hell that black people were singing in the 1920s it wasn't doing that shit like it it wasn't doing the same thing i think that they were still wearing just like whatever the the fashion of the time was it wasn't like the fashion came from the singer it was like the singer was wearing what the fashion was Mm. but nowadays it's like whatever the people in hip hop are doing that's what that's goes what, out to everybody else yeah. um, which is crazy it's like they have hip hop has found a way to turn a culture into an export mm-hmm. which is crazy because it's wow. a birthright it's a going back to what you were saying about like should people be able to benefit 
it's pretty much a birthright to any nigga. Any black person who is born is like a product of hip hop culture at this point. Like you don't really have a choice. Like somebody in your life listens to the music, watches the movies, understands the lingo, like dresses a certain way. Somebody in your family does all this shit. And so it's a birthright of yours. You don't have you don't have to like figure it out or nothing. You just do this shit. <laughs> like, yeah. you just do like you just wake up and just be that. And people look at you and just be like, damn, that's so cool. And you like, I'm literally just doing what I've been doing since I was a baby. Right. Like, I ain't even tried. My mama started dressing me this way, so I've been dressing this way my whole life. <laughs> like, the people that I know talk this way, so I've been talking this way my whole yeah. damn life. I yeah. can't do shit about it. Um, but it becomes an export. You're able to sell that. Um, so I think, yeah, I think people should be able to benefit from it. Like all, all of the people who fit that category that I just described where you was born into this shit. Like, yeah, you should be able to benefit from that. Um, and, you know, we make certain exceptions for people who wasn't necessarily born into it, but they was born adjacent to it or something like that. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's them folks too. Yeah. But like, everybody, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> the way that it used to be where, like, people who had nothing to do with hip-hop culture or black culture at all, was making all the money and shit, and like if it's still that way now, if people are still doing that, I feel like that's wrong. I feel like they shouldn't have, they shouldn't be entitled to reap the benefits of something that they did not sow. Like you didn't do this at all. This is not yours. You didn't start it. You didn't do any of the groundwork to figure this shit out. <laughs> you just came in and was like, "That's cool. I'm gonna take this shit and I'm gonna sell it over here." It's like, no, nah. you kind of gotta talk to some people. It's just like if you if you start selling crack in the wrong neighborhood. It's like, you can't do that, bro. Like, right, you can't right. just come over here and just start selling to high people. <laughs> like, nigga, we do this. You what have you some doing? problems. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And that's where the coin, that's where the phrase culture vulture came from. Yeah, a lot of people that came in didn't understand the culture, didn't really care or give two shits about it, but wanted to benefit off of it because they saw that they could make money off of it. They never cared. They just wanted to pretty much, you know, saying rape it of what its benefits was, and then they move on to the next thing. So yeah. I completely agree with you. No, like everybody should not be able to benefit. I can't go like I can't just sell Apple shit, you know. Yeah. Like I have to go through a chain and and all this and do this just to get the product. You know what I'm saying? Like, so why should you be able to come over here and sell what we have to offer? So. True. Yeah. That's a really good uh point. You can't. Yeah. And the thing about Apple though is like it's a it's a physical product though. Right. With us, it's like it's, it's a not. lifestyle. <laughs> it's, 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 really my a, a tangible <laughs> thing. it's like it's me. It's things about me. It's how do I how do I get to the point where I can own myself? That's weird shit. Like, especially in America with the history of slavery. Right. How do I get to the point where I can own me and you can't just take me and sell it? Right. That's crazy to even think about. That that is crazy to think about. (laughs) Yeah. I like what you just said because the craziest thing was I was looking at Dave Chappelle is uh, for one, we should have put that news out there. Yeah. 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 That he got his name back. 
Yeah. Um, and actually, it was Friday when I was listening to it, but he was talking about was it Friday? It could have yeah, been Friday. Yeah, it came out Friday. Yeah, and uh, his own new Netflix uh, situation. And he was talking about how how important it was for him to get his name back and going through pretty much the whole story with Comedy Central and also going through that those contracts actually do say that we own, you know what I'm saying, your name, your likeness, and how it's used in, it says the universe, which is like crazy to even think that you're talking about the universe. Like right. no one's, like if somebody shares my stuff on Mars or some shit, uh, <laughs> you know. That um, is crazy. That's I wild, slap a nigga if he put that piece of paper in front of me. But for him, you know what I'm saying, being a kid and you hear this and you're not really totally understanding that, hey, we're going to own you pretty much. Like you said, your likeness, we want to own that so that we can continue to, um, you know, saying continue to profit off the Chappelle show. Uh, So that's the crazy thing. Kind of goes back to what Jay Z was saying. Like, when not, you know, saying when you become the actual business, which is like crazy to think. And like at a certain point, I just started to say, like, rappers are just becoming walking billboards, not just rappers, but you know, saying comedians, all of that because of promotions. Like, look, look at what I'm wearing. And then yeah. someone else is going to go Instagram where? Instagram influencers. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You're walking yeah. billboards. And for someone to like notice this and then say, hey, we're going to put this in this contract where I can control that, it's really like an asinine, you know what I'm saying, thing to even think about controlling someone's likeness. Um, that's just crazy to even say it these days. So, nah, it, it, it's that's why everyone can't come over here and benefit because you're going to do shit like that. And like, dude, like, (laughs) you know, you, you know, and I like what Dave said when he was like, look, you know, for anybody that doesn't, that comes along and doesn't truly understand it, go to the accountant and look, this is how much the, look at how much the Chappelle show made and then look at how much they paid me. Mm -hmm. And now you see why I'm pissed off and what I want, what I want. Um, Cause you know what I'm saying? For me, that's a value. Your name is everything. Mm-hmm. Like showing up on time, you know what I'm saying. Being, you know what I'm saying. When I say your name, you, you know what I'm saying, because yeah. you are your name. You know, when people speak highly of you, that's a good thing. That that puts you put you in spaces. People are like, yeah, I heard about you, and people say you are a good person. You yes. know what I'm saying, man. Case in point, bro, with how I had ran into the lady at a vitamin shop that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, you know, I thought about that earlier. I was like, this nigga. Because it's hard to value somebody who's, like, not famous, I guess. It's, it's hard to, like, judge how, how valuable something is unless you have a direct connection to it, which yeah. in this case I did. And so it's like, he, this nigga has no idea, like, unless she texted him. Like, she, he has no idea that his name and something that he did connected two other rappers mm-hmm. to get to a point where they know each other and now they potentially have a connection to one another. And then, like, if something fruitful comes from that relationship, it's literally off the strength of this nigga's actions and this nigga's name and likeness. Like, Mm -hmm. just, and he could never measure that. We can never see that from, like, Mm -hmm. the point of when he's on the 85 South show. He don't know what the fuck is going to come of that. He's going out there giving this shit away. (laughs) He's just like, yeah, and show people that I really can rap and I can do this shit and I can be cool. But he don't realize, like, that shit got ripple effects. Mm -hmm. Like, 
this yep. first level, you you might be able to see what effects it has on this first ripple. But them as it gets further out, you can't really trace that shit. You don't know what's going on. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's where you get shit like uh, Dave's contract saying your likeness in the universe. Because mm-hmm. like yep. they like we gonna think about what's the biggest reach that it possibly can be. <laughs> and like we want to control everything within as big of a reach as we can imagine and I'm like nigga that's crazy Absolutely. <laughs> down in a meeting with somebody and somebody literally like ironing that shit out in the details and saying we want to be able to control your likeness as far as it can possibly reach I'm like mm-hmm. no look bro it's like that Master P moment where he was like if, if this white man saying I'm worth this much I got to be worth it such and such a man. Right, right. Like, I can't be just going for the okie doke, my nigga. Nah, we're not finna do that. You ain't getting no universal nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's 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 crazy. Uh, I think Master P himself, like, from the outside looking in, you be like, man, he, he just got his hands on everything. He doing too much. But the way I look at it, because I, I sometimes sit down and think of myself, be like, man, I'm not doing enough. You know, um, but I look at what he's doing and he's, you know, investing in, in this this um, this car. I don't know what the car was. Um, rap snacks, um, looking at food, mm. um, getting into food and everything like that. He's touching so many things. It's like, man, that's an inspiration to me to be able to say, hey, well, I want to go out here and invest in this. I want to use my likeness for this, for that, for this, and and there's a need here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just really seeing like everything that he's doing and listening to what he's saying to do. Um, how important do you feel that these moguls, these rap moguls, these rap artists are to the community to give back to the community, and how? how effective, in an effective way do they do that? Because at this point, they're millionaires. You know, I'm not expecting somebody, I'm not expecting Akeem Ali to go back to his community and he's still trying to make it himself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So how do those reach the people that's not being reached and and reach the people that aren't artists? You know what I'm saying? Because that's the biggest thing. It's like you're gonna have people that are leaders, you're gonna have followers. You have to. That's the the world has to work that way. But how do how can everybody be impacted in a positive manner, like we said earlier, who have the birthright to use the culture as a as a stepping stone for them to make it to wherever they want to go? If that makes sense. Before we hop into that. <laughs> Everyone, Before we please, go there. please be careful when following the Master P blueprint because I do think he ultimately when we go back to that No Limit documentary yeah. that's what they all pretty much said he began yeah. to stretch himself too thin even though he didn't think so but right. when they laid it out it was like yeah you kind of did because then you didn't pay much attention to right, right. what was giving you know your foundation and ultimately No Limit failed mm-hmm. you know uh, so be very careful. You know, we, we want to do a lot. And like that, even with me and my wife has, you know, saying with our, uh, with our real estate business, we want to do a lot, but we do recognize when 
okay, something's going to suffer because we may be, we don't want to stretch ourselves too thin because mm-hmm. you're not going to pay that much attention to, you know what I'm saying? Something's going to suffer. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Every, be very uh, careful uh, when following. It's always, it's always <laughs> kind of like, what are you willing to give up? Yeah, what are you going to give for your success? You know what I'm saying? That's what dude said on, uh, I was watching Snowfall earlier. And, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the, the, the CIA guy was talking to uh, Franklin because they was trying to open him a bank account or something. And Franklin was like, man, he didn't really too much. He didn't really <laughs> like the uh, the terms of like setting up a, a overseas account. Yeah. Like, they charge him 6% of his money. He was like, that just seemed like a lot. Um, and the CIA guy told the banker guy to leave out so he could talk to him. And he was telling him, he was like, dude, you got to think about how far do you want your business to grow? Because you can't go by yourself. Like, you can't do everything on your own. Right. And if you want it to go pretty far, you got to also ask yourself, like, how much control are you willing to give up mm-hmm. to be able to get there? Right. And, like, that's that hard, that hard work right there. <laughs> when yeah. you, you have to, like, really say, like, damn, I'm not going to be able to do everything. Because you don't want to believe that you got limitations. Nobody wants to believe it, but nigga, you limited. You mm-hmm. are limited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can only stretch as far as you can stretch. And that's where, like, what you were saying, uh, Steve, about even what the people were saying on the documentary, the, Matt, the No Limit doc was like, he was doing too much. If we use that same analogy of like the ripple effect, it's like Master P is going out there chasing each ripple, trying to see if he can control each ripple. It's like, yep. nigga, you gonna never catch them. Like <laughs> the shockwave is gone. It's yeah. by the time you get to it, it's it's like twenty thousand more of them. Just like what is you yeah. gonna do? You can't yeah. get all of them. And maybe he knows that, and he like, well, I'm gonna get every one of them that I can. And it's like, but that's still like an exercise in futility, my nigga. You could have had just focused on like the first three levels and just like secured that, and then maybe got some other people trained to get those other ripples. Instead yeah. of trying to do each ripple on your da- by your damn self. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why I joined my wife to help her with more things. And now we have an assistant. And now we're building a team. There you go. To, there you, go. you know what I'm saying? Target these things. That allows us to be in Chattanooga that, without being in Chattanooga. That allows us to, to be in Murfreesboro without being in Murfreesboro. That allows us to be in Clarksville without being in Clarksville. And stuff is running. So... Be very careful and and also never <laughs> let nobody feel like you ain't doing enough because uh, you might be doing enough for the moment until God leads you to that next one. But that's just my quick message for that part. But jumping into, you know, when we're talking about their responsibility to get back to the community, that's the hardest part because as we see, there's a lot of artists out there that they get so far removed that they don't realize that they're not um, giving back. But also it kind of deals down to expectations because they could be giving back, just not in the way that the community wants it. You know? Just not um, directly. Yeah, it's Hand not like... Fist. Yeah, like I'm not coming there and giving you money straight to your face, but yeah. guess what? I'm investing in this after-school program that allows the kids to have brand new computers, to have them you know, allow them to have uh, all the technical uh, things that they need to move forward. Um, 
like in Chattanooga, uh, Usher given the, I think he, I think he did the, I think he invested in the digital board or something at Dalewood. Yeah. And like you look at that, a lot of people are gonna complain about it and be like, it, why just that? Like you can't, you got all this money, you can't do something different. But then like looking at it is like, well, let's look at what the need was for it and how hard it was for the school to get it. You know, how does that, what is the uh, lasting impact on it? You know? So I think that's one of the things, like you got a lot of people that actually do and whether it's cookouts and you see their faces or they're being secret Santa and they're actually paying for all your gifts for Christmas. You just don't know. Or if they're giving back to the schools, like I think a lot of artists actually go out and give back. It's just, it's not directly. So people have this expectation and, you know, people get upset, but on the flip side, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine. His name was Gerald. Uh, he actually has an artist name, uh, stretch, check him out. Um, you know, we was talking about like artist growth, right? And we was talking about how we got a lot of like all the deaths that's happening with these younger artists and how they go to these spots that they just shouldn't be. Like you you shouldn't shouldn't want to go there. And then we kind of went back to us. Like we wouldn't go back to Chattanooga and go and go to the hole in the wall. You know what I'm saying? Club. We would go to something a little more different that fits us now because you have people that become jealous or of your success or you have people that you, you know what I'm saying? You love that because you're having, you're having success. They begin to feel away and like, but you never notice until it's like, it's too late. And then you got other folks who are just scheming on you. So sometimes we got to also remember that your, your favorite artist, you know, they ain't going to show up to this small function because it makes them vulnerable to whatever may happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that ex, you know, people don't get that expectation. Like, ain't nobody gonna hurt him. Well, you don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All it takes is one person having a bad day, mm-hmm. and then they see you with your stuff, and they're like, "I'm gonna take his stuff," and they don't know you from, you know, saying from a glass of wine, or you know, they they have no clue of what you, you know, saying all the stuff that you do to take care of all the people that you pay, all the people that you employ. Uh, so it's also a safeguard. So it's like, it's a lot to do with expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they got a, you know, so a lot of artists got a lot of smart people in their corner and say, Hey, don't go there. You know, you mm-hmm. have some that listen, you have some that don't, but then you have some that do. And it's like, let's do this. What you can do is invest. Some people don't listen though. Because they just, they too gangster for their own good. Maybe so. And, that's what, like, because <laughs> I watched a, a, a little quick Breakfast Club interview with Black Youngster the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, is it just, like, that people don't think it's real or something? Like, they don't, they, they don't understand that, like, these kinds of situations and stuff are real? I don't know. I don't know what be going on, because, like, nigga, I've said before, like, nigga, I ain't in nobody's gang. I'm not, I don't uh, pretend to be the hardest nigga ever lived, mm. but like I understand <laughs> that that kind of shit is real, and that there's a real danger associated with it because I've seen those things, mm. and I'm like, all right, I don't want none of that shit. But like in the interview, they was talking to Black Youngster about like some. They was like, you be moving around with a lot of money and shit. Like, 
we do that shit like when you back home. He's like, yeah, I do this stuff back home. But also, like, I understand where to and where not to go. Like, if if I feel like I'm going to be in danger and shit, like, I ain't got no reason being over there. Like, I'm going to stay my ass where I'm at, basically. Like, I'm going to go where I feel comfortable. I feel good because I'm at home. And the people that I'm around, they know me. None of that shit is going to necessarily happen. I'm not going to just be showing up anywhere. He said, because, nigga, he said, I don't run Memphis. He said, the whole city hot. He said, anything can happen at any time. <laughs> So, like, you can't just be doing what you want to do because they said he had helped, uh, like, Shaq Lizzie get his chain back or something because he yeah. lost his chain in Memphis. And they was asking him if, if, like, he had got paid for that. He was like, no, nah, I just did that out of the goodness of my heart because basically because the nigga didn't understand, like, nigga, you vulnerable out here. Like, niggas mm-hmm. will get you. <laughs> this is not a game. <laughs> like, yeah. They're not just saying this shit on wax just because it sounds cool. Like, No. People be robbing. <laughs> you come in this motherfucker shining like this. Yes, they gonna get you every time. You yeah. gonna get got. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. And they they asked him. They was like, "Do you carry guns?" He was like, "Yeah, I carry my gun with me everywhere." He said, "The first time I didn't carry my gun with me, I got shot three times." He said, "Ever since then, I always got my gun on me." He said, "I wake up knowing, <laughs> like knowing I might get robbed." He said, I'm prepared to get robbed. And I'm not finna fight that shit. They want my shit. They just gonna, I'm just going to take that shit off. Nine times 10, I'm going to give you my shit. That's how that is. Because I want to live. Like, I ain't got time to be playing with y'all. Mm-hmm. And it just, it seemed like some of the younger artists, like you said, like we've lost a lot of younger artists recently. And maybe they are just too gangster for their own good. Or just like maybe they haven't experienced it the way that they experience it and take it seriously. But... I don't know. Yeah. They just seeming like folks think they invincible and shit just because just because you got into one shootout and you live like you invincible. Like, nah, bro, that's not how that works. Nigga, no, you, no, lucky. No. <laughs> you lucky that you didn't die, but you're not yeah. invincible. Absolutely. Yes. And I think it. and when you bring that up, another piece of what we're talking about, I think some of these cats don't realize their level of fame. Like sometimes you don't realize like how well known you are it doesn't click until like later. Like you're like, whoa, a lot of people really know who I am. It, it, it's crazy. It's, it's like a, and I've had that moment, you know, where I was like, wait a second. <laughs> like, it, it's a weird moment where it's like, ding, you know what I'm saying? Like a light bulb goes off and you're like, crap. A lot of people really know who I am. And, and most of the time you don't know who they are. And you're like, how do you know who I am? They're like, well, you know, such and such, such and that's why I say it comes back to your name. And then, you know, saying going back to what you were saying, sometimes you don't realize that and you end up somewhere you think you can go there. You think you're still good. And it's not always that case. Um, So I always think that a lot of these artists need therapy to kind of understand, like, why do you think you should go there? You are a multimillionaire. You're driving this, you're wearing this, and you're going to a place where, you know what I'm saying? They don't necessarily have. Um, so all like, you know, when you're having barbecues and, th- you know, all, you see artists doing barbecue and stuff for the community and they're just walking around freely. Like these things can happen anywhere, you know? So sometimes it's just like, yo, pay attention. You know, it's ways to get back without being seen. But to the general public, you know, it's an image you want to keep up. So you want to be out there like, you know, I'm Mr. Untouchable or nobody's going to bother me, but you don't know. Um, it's such a, 
Man, it's such an interesting thing because my wife came one day and she was like, yeah, uh, you know who such and such is? And I was like, nah, that name don't ring a bell. And she was like, oh, when she used to work in the uh, office and it was like, yeah, they saw they saw a picture. Um, they saw a picture on my, my your picture on my desk and it was like, oh, you know, Steve, man, he's cool. And but they, she was telling me the name. I was like, "Thank you, Mister Untouchable." I don't know who that. I don't know who that is. And, you know, and you just like who? <laughs> How do they know me? And yeah. you know, I see a picture, and even when you see a picture, you're like, oh, "Okay, I know who that is." But we didn't have interaction with it like that yeah. for someone to be like, "Yo, he is cool as hell." Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Your reputation. Precedes you, your likeness, like you said. Yeah, and, and it can become a dangerous thing. So with people giving back, you know, as much as I, you know, uh, I always say give back as much as you possibly can, but you got to be careful. And I think the general public got to understand that the expectations that they want, because they see some artists going out there and they're just handing out hundred dollar bills to everybody. Nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, those bigger artists. That's not how it works. When they're not gonna pull up in the middle of the hood, you know what I'm saying. And even when when it goes back to drug dealing, like you know those cats around the way, they gonna pull up and you know maybe they do a barbecue for the community or they giving out toys to the kids. But your favorite artist ain't doing that because they're not. You know what I'm saying. And even that's even like once a year or something. So it's always like being careful and being smart when investing back. So I think it's an expectation thing that people got to get over. Like, I can't, I can't come there like that. I can, but not how you, like Usher come to Chattanooga, you know what I'm saying, all the time she is family, but no one knows. Mm-hmm. We found out that Pusha T's dad is from Chattanooga. No never knew. <laughs> he may be in the city and you never knew. Uh, same for Isaiah Rashad come to Chattanooga, probably all the time. I know his family. Mm-hmm. But you're probably never going to see him. You know, like he's not he's not going to the mall. He's not going to be just moving like yeah. a normal person would because guess what? Yeah. Everybody knows who the hell he is. That's how it is with uh, Drake in Memphis. It's like you always find out like a couple of days later that this nigga was somewhere. They'd be like, oh, that nigga was at such and such the other day. It's like, damn. Nobody even knows. Yeah, that's how it is for me when I go back to chat, man. Don't nobody even know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a trip. <laughs> no, yeah. man, but it, it's like money is is a lot of people like to say it's not good. Money is a tool um, that mm-hmm. we use to to you know to get to wherever we're trying to get to. Um, that being said. <sighs> the rappers and artists that are giving back to the community that it is investing and stuff like that. I only want to say congratulations and celebrate them for black history. Month. And not even the artists that are giving back, but the artists that are actually the people that are starting, you know, um, because it's a, it's, it's different to see the statement. What's, what's like, uh, what would Jay-Z say? What's, uh, what's better than one billionaire too? Mm. You know what I'm saying? What's better than like your black community having these multiple millionaires, just more of them. So um, I thought of this being a black history moment for us to talk about just because it is black history. We're living in a time where we're creating more millionaires 
just by poetry, essentially. You know, poetry to a beat, because essentially that's what rappers are doing. They're telling the story about their life or telling the story about somebody's life or something they heard or something they thought, you know, and um, putting it to a beat. So um, I think all of that is important. I say all of this to say I want to congratulate them and, and celebrate them, give them their flowers while they're here. Um, if you guys got anything else to say, that's pretty much what we ran through all my questions about this topic of hip hop and entrepreneurship. You know, we kind of like went from the rags to riches to, man, you can't always go back to the community, but you know, there's ways to give back to the community that also keeps you safe as well. Um, and that's another topic too that we we'll probably end up talking about at some point this week. Um, but why is it not safe for somebody to go back to their own community, no matter how big or how small they are, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but that's that's pretty much what I got, man. So um, y'all good with that? We can go ahead and finish this thing on up. <laughs> well, um, once yeah. again, man, appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the Speaker Geekers podcast. Um, if you haven't already, please go subscribe to the channel 3 on Media Studios on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at Speaker Geekers Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. You got Apple Butte, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. That's why I listen to it at. Um, so you guys go follow it. Um, so, you know, when we dropping something new every Tuesday, actually, we're coming out with an episode. So go follow that. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at I am Tommy T the third. Um, you got Steve at the great Steve O Steve and you got Greg at instantly underscore G, um, on Instagram. Um, yeah, man, y'all got anything? Mm. I always wait for Steve's moment. Like he always be thinking about something like <laughs> prolific to say. So what's <laughs> what's Steve's prolific word today? Job. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if, if we gonna go prolific, uh, say something meaningful, man. Um, all I want to say is, man, go for it. Go for it. Uh, a lot of people sitting around with with some type of idea, and you sitting on it uh, because of fear. Don't let fear take you away from um, essentially earning more or doing something that you love. Um, shoot, if you're sitting around, you're comfortable with making thirty thousand a year. Think about it, if you was making, you know, what I'm saying, think if you took the step to make thirty thousand a month. That's a lot. Just think on it. If you never take that step, you can be you can be missing out on 30, possibly twenty or thirty thousand a month with whatever your idea is. So, if you got something, man, go for it and work hard for it. Period. And there you have it. There you go, Greg. You got anything? No, man. Just chill out. Damn, I ain't gonna that up. Nah. <laughs> All right, guys. We out, man. Peace. Peace. Peace out.